This program is sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. Welcome to For Zion's Sake. Isaiah 62.1 is taken directly out of the Hebrew Scriptures when the prophet Isaiah declared, For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not keep quiet, until her righteousness goes forth like brightness and her salvation like a torch that is burning. Your hosts for the program are Shelley and June Volk, Jewish believers burdened to see Jew and Gentile become one. Believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God. Bless the Lord. Good evening to you and welcome to For Zion's Sake. We thank you for joining us. We're the Volks. My name is Shelley. And my name is June. Hi, everyone. It's a delight to be with you. And if you haven't been with us earlier this week, we have been speaking about pleasing God. And we started by looking at John 8, verse 29, where Jesus concludes a statement by saying, I do always those things that are pleasing to him. Him, of course, is the Father. In First John verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 17, the admonition is, As he is, so also are we in this world. And the question we've asked ourselves every day, and we'll ask it now, are we, are we living the same way Jesus lived? Again, Jesus went to the cross of Calvary to die as a substitute for us so that we might have life eternal and that all of our sins are forgiven. But we need to understand that Jesus is a patterned son of God and the way he lived is the way we should live. And the word talks about the fact that we are partakers of his divine nature. And therefore, we have to start living a more divine life rather than the natural life that we're so used to living. I want to emphasize uh, a clear example of what we're talking about by looking at John 15. Uh, We've read it every evening, but I think it's worth reading once again because this really shows the, the, the unity that's needed between us as branches and Jesus as the vine. I am the vine, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch, that's speaking of you and me, cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Who is the vine? Jesus. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. We These are not just nice verses to recite or memorize. These are verses that should be describing our life, that we have to be utterly dependent upon Jesus. Anything that we do that doesn't have its origination from God through the power of the Holy Spirit could very well, as well as it looks to other people, it could be a dead work. And God wants us to repent of dead works. 
Yesterday we read from, uh, uh, excuse me, Romans 15, 1 to 3. I encourage you to read it. And today we want to go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. If you have your Bibles, turn with us. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. Again, the theme is, we are called to live the way Jesus did. And Jesus said, I do always those things that please him. Now, maybe this sounds impossible to you. I want to encourage you, it's not. You can, we cannot do this on our own. But through allowing Jesus, Holy Spirit, to move us according to his will, we can do all those things and only those things that please the Lord. And just a short um, note that the spirit of truth abides in every born-again believer, which enables us to be more than we can be. And what does the spirit of truth do? It sets us free to be all that God has called us to be. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. Again, let this become a personal word to each one of us. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Junie, as I'm reading it now, uh, I feel we I need to say, nobody was drafted into this army. We were enlisted by God. He called us into the army of the Lord. No soldier in active service. Are we actively engaged in the service of the Lord? No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Junie, you know, the these, uh, I don't want to call it a parable, but these stories about natural life are so revelatory that we can understand spiritual things and then bring it down to the practical application that God is calling us to live in. And, you know, a soldier... If he is sent to battle and he's worried about his wife, his children, uh, finances, he is not um, equipped to be all that he needs to be on the front lines of the war. And I think that Timothy wrote that because being a soldier of the Lord shows that we are in a battle. We talked yesterday of allowing God's sovereignty to rule us, to yield to his way. So being entangled in the affairs of the world doesn't free us to be what we need to be in a moment of time. And the Lord has given us the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit to guide us and guard us. And remember, Shelley, you said the scripture that Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. So when we allow the sovereignty of God to rule us, it enables us to be a witness and be victorious in the battle of our faith. Yes, All right, turn with us now to uh, 1 Kings chapter 3. One way to please the Lord is to pray effectively. Certain prayers will please the Lord's heart. And I think a classic example in Scripture is Solomon's prayer. 
First Kings chapter three, beginning at verse six. This is Solomon's prayer. Then Solomon said, Thou hast shown great loving kindness to thy servant David, my father, according as he walked before thee in truth and righteousness and uprightness of heart toward thee. And thou hast reserved for him this great loving kindness that thou hast given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Of course, this is reference to Solomon. And now, O Lord, my God, thou hast made thy servant king in place of my father, David. Yet I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, a great people who cannot be numbered or counted for multitude. So give thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people, to discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of thine? And it was pleasing in the sight of the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. In other words, Solomon was told, you could ask for anything. And he asked for wisdom to lead his people. And verse 10, and it was pleasing in the sight of the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said to him, because you have asked this thing and have not asked for yourself long life, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have you asked for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself discernment to understand justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. Behold, I have given you a wise and discerning heart so that there has been no one like you before you, nor shall one like you arise after. And I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there will not be any among the kings like you all your days. What's our prayer life like? Are we just giving God a list of our needs, or are we looking to ask for things that are going to be pleasing in his life, in his heart, in the the heart of the Lord, just like Solomon did. Junie, I think this could transform every one of our lives if we pray in a manner that would please the Lord. And I think that Solomon knew his responsibility as king, that he couldn't fulfill it without God. And, you know, you have to believe that God exists to know and live for him. And I'd just like to read out of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him, meaning the Lord. For whosoever would come near to God must believe that God exists and that he is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him. So we need to ask ourselves, do we really believe without Jesus we can do nothing? Do we really believe that God exists? And if everything looks wrong to us, everything is going against what we would like, It's impossible to please God without faith. And do you know what faith is, Shelley? Yes, I do. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we might not see what we're living for. That's right. We can't see the Lord but we can believe he exists, we can desire to be pleasing to him, and we can give him our all and ask him 
to fill us with his wisdom like he did for Solomon. And he gave Solomon everything he needed to fulfill what Solomon was called to do. And, you know, the greatest Solomon is Jesus. And he desires to give us his life, Shelley, his heart, his resurrected power. And he's asking of us, trust me. Amen. Believe me. Yes, Let Lord. me be the sovereign in your life. Thank you, Lord. And that's a privilege, Shelley, isn't Amen. it? It sure is, Journey. But that's, the key is what you, I believe uh, uh, a key or one of the essential keys is the beginning of verse 6 in Hebrews 11. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And of course, in the prophet Habakkuk and repeated three times in the New Testament, we read this, the just or the righteous shall live by faith. So if we're not faithful, if we don't pray by faith, if we don't live by faith, there's no way we can please God. And then perhaps tomorrow, Juni, we'll continue on in Hebrews 11, because faith is one of the key ingredients necessary in order to bring pleasure to the heart of God. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Thank Lord. you for who you are. Yes, you are Lord. a sovereign God. You are a loving God. Yes. You are an almighty God. Yes, you are El Gabor. And may we do always those things that please you. In Yeshua's holy name. Amen. Thank you for joining us this evening. If you would like to get in touch with Shelley and June, you can write to them at P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. That's P.O. Box 1784, Scottsdale, Arizona 85252. And you can also contact them on their website. Shelly and June That's Shelly and June Until next time, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. This program was sponsored by the Psalm 127 Fund.